0: Alright, we are officially live. Oh, that's my man, that's my man. Hey now, brother, get your get your rest. Get your rest. That is right there. Um probably hands down like my top three uh YouTubers. So if you are not subscribed to Curious World, you are doing yourself a disservice. Go subscribe to my man's right there. Yeah, brother, go get your rest, man. I, I know it I know it's late across the pond. That's my guy. That is my guy. Um Zakiba what's happening. Evils in the house. Macadon. Sarah, hey, Dinah. Lamont, hey. Um so let me So kind of a different format. So yeah, this is still the Morning Star show. Um, I'm still working in conjunction with On The Wake Up Radio. So let me get the spiel going. Because uh, that, On The Wake Up, Cindy's been really working hard behind the scenes and reformatting and revamping the site. Um Damn, I can't even see this shit. Hold up. Let me move it over here. Alright, so you can always visit us on uh, www.onthewakeupradio.com. So it's funny now with Apple... Threatening to remove Parler from its uh, Apple store. Um, Of course, Twitter did what it did with Trump. So now we are going to see a consensus with all pretty much major social platforms uh, begin to begin the process of restricting content censoring, if you want to use that term. So um, all of my stuff, um, even though it's on Patreon... Even Patreon will, will follow suit with the rest. Um, my All my stuff, Patreon, but mainly uh, on the Wake Up Radio. On the otwtube.com uh, as well. So I will pretty much for the most part always throw my stuff on, on the Wake Up Radio. Um, she owns her own server, so there's no um, worries about uh, copyrights. And re- strikes and removals of whatever content, so whatever I put up stays there. Um, so if you are a content creator and you are going to feel the pinch eventually from, from the platforms, uh, you know, doing what they do, I would suggest you uh, start throwing your content on, uh, on Wicked Radio. Uh, once again, shout out to uh, producer Cindy Ashby. Uh, shows also uh, catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. Uh, I'm not taking call ins, but the call in is a new call in number. And also, like I said, if you're a content creator and you're worried about your content being taken off, you can always go to otwtube.com and sign up or on the wake up radio. So, with that being said, let me get into my breakdowns real quick. Hurricane Baby Jesus in the house. Ayana, hey, all day page. Yo, um, I appreciate the cash app, Andre. Thank you, bruh. I appreciate it. Reg, that's not safe. Even Reg, bruh, they're coming for everybody. <laughs> hey, listen, you, you, here's the thing. We got the next eight years of this nonsense. And then also another, another point I'm going to make tomorrow night with the guys is if you are a heterosexual man, male, they coming for you. You, us, okay? But that's another discussion for tomorrow. Uh, Q. hey, Cali Baby Breezy, what's happening? Uh What's the real news? Jawari King, what's happening? What's happening? So I'm not going to keep you all waiting. So let's get into this breakdown. So the first breakdown, for me personally, one of the scariest movies I, I watched as a child. This movie, I believe I was five years old, five or six years old. When I first seen this movie, uh, The Fog, John Carpenter, 1980, it was part of his trifecta. So he had The Thing, he had Halloween, and then he had The Fog. This was like his trifecta. Oh, then he threw in the Prince of Darkness, too. So this was like his tentpole movies to establish like his, his universe um, and pretty much establish himself as one of the greatest horror directors ever ever so all right so let's get into the fog there's some things i, I kind of want to point out that i didn't even know uh researching this so this was kind of based off two true stories okay the first true story this was based off of was called this ship there's a ship called the princess augusta uh in 1738 it became known as the palatine and 19th century uh, accounts uh, it was uh, John Greenleaf Whittier made a poem about it called The Palatine. This ship crashed off a of block island in 1738. Okay, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, August 1730, under Captain George Long and a crew of 14, transporting 240 immigrants to English colonies in America. The passengers were German Palatines, natives to the Palatinate uh, region. And this ship was called the Palatine Ship. Now, it was headed for Philadelphia, and the the voyage was beset by terrible luck. The water supply was contaminated, causing a fever and flux that killed two hundred of the passengers and half the crew, including Captain Long. Severe storms pushed the ship off course to the north, where the survivors spent three months enduring extreme weather and depleting stores. According to the crew's depositions, Brooke forced the passengers to pay for the remaining rations. Uh, he evidently tried different routes to Rhode Island and Philadelphia, but the gales pushed the damaged and leaking Augusta to block Island. It wrecked amid a snowstorm at Sandy Point on the island's northernmost end at 2 p.m. December 27, 1738. Okay, now, depositions were taken. Uh, They buried about 22 who died after the wreck. It's called the Palatine Graves. Authorities took depositions from the crew. It appears the crew faced no charges for their actions. And they and most surviving passengers made it to the mainland. But I want to get to... The folklore. Okay, so now, here's the folklore. On a Saturday between Christmas and New Year's Eve, there are still sporadic reports from the locals of seeing a burning ship sail past. Tradition states that a German ship carrying immigrants to Philadelphia ran aground during a snowstorm on December 26, 1738, and was stranded near Block Island. Uh, Okay, both legends agreed that a female passenger had refused to leave the ship as it sank. And those who claim my phone again, listening to me. And those who claim to witness its reappearances say that her screams are heard from the ship. That's the first ghost story the fog is based off of. The second story is a little bit more true is a little bit more true to base. So there was a situation where hold up. Oh shit. It's called Golita, Golita California, where a bunch of uh Englishmen basically robbed some settlers for their gold, set them up and killed them. Okay? So when I break down the movie, you'll see the two stories kind of merge into one. So, we have the opening scene, we got the old man telling the story. It's, it's 1155. It is five minutes to midnight for the 100th uh, year anniversary of the town's birth day. Okay. This ship called Elizabeth Dane crashed into the rocks, killing everyone during a fog uh, that was headed towards what they thought was a campfire. This is going to come back to be important towards the end. All right. The fog... was used uh, was part of the reason why the ship had crashed okay so now we come upon a witching hour it is the 100 year anniversary of antonio bay Uh, at the church a piece of masonry falls at the church father malone discovers the diary of his great-grandfather father patrick malone of 1880 in the diary it says april 30th midnight till one belongs to the dead good lord deliver us And then all the phones in the town start ringing all at once. The shelves at the grocery store begin to shake and rattle. A gas pump falls to the ground and begins to spill out gasoline. All of the car horns of the cars begin to blare. TV signals go out. Furniture begins to move. And so we have Nick played by, uh, what's his, I forget his name. Tom something. So there's a lot of 80s screen queen stars in this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this. Adrian Barbeau is in this. Um, Tom Jenkins, I think that's his name. So you, you you would recognize a lot of faces in this movie. Okay, so Nick picks up Elizabeth as uh, they're driving. Their car windows explode all of a sudden. Okay. DJ Stevie, played by Adrian Barbeau. She gets a call from the weather department about a fog make. Moving in the direction of a trolley ship. Okay. The fog bank speeds up upon the trolley ship. There's bright lights emanating from the fog. The fog surrounds the ship. It short circuits the ship's generators. And then the men come out on the the bow to watch the ship Elizabeth Dane pass by. Then it disappears and then standing on the bow of the deck are three figures with hooks okay the two men are then stabbed with swords and hooks one figure stalks the third man so the scene is with the third guy he's down the, he's down in 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 the uh, in the bunker right and you see the flash and then you see the one figure right and then it goes dark and you see another flash and it gets closer all right. And you see another flash and he's right up on the dude. Listen, the, you have to watch it. It's the, the the mood, the music right before they get killed. It, it's just it's everything. Right. So he's so he grabs the dude, pokes him in the eye two times. So they're all dead. All right. So then DJ Stevie gets another call that the fog bank has moved in the direction and is moving against the wind. Nick and Elizabeth are back at Nick's place. The fog hits his house. A shadowy figure then knocks at the door with the hook. Right? So then Nick's, he, Nick gets up to go answer the door. His clock shatters. It's the end of the witching hour. So before he can open the door, uh he's the the figure was about to stab him with the hook. The witching hour ends, and then everybody disappears. Okay? So the next night, uh, Stevie's son finds a piece of driftwood that says Dane. It's a piece of the ship, of the ghost ship. Uh, Nick, his buddy, is, is one of the sailors that got killed out in, on the trolley. He's looking for three sailors from the night before. The Antonio Bay prepares for its 100th uh, year birthday. Uh, the Coast Guard is looking for the missing ship. Nick goes out and then finds the missing ship. It's called the Seagrass. Sandy and Kathy. Kathy is the uh, town's uh, event coordinator. She is married to one of the dead sailors that got killed, but she doesn't know he's dead yet. So she's prepping for the the town's birthday celebration. All right, and Sandy's is her assistant. So then uh, Kathy says, "Yeah, her dog was barking." the night before at the water and growling at the water all night long she couldn't understand why and then Sandy mentions her car alarm had went off and that her furniture had moved by itself okay so then Sandy and Kathy go visit Father Malone Malone then reads to them from his great grandfather's diary Captain Blake had leprosy but he had gold Captain Blake was looking to establish a leper colony. Okay. So then while this, he's reading the, the, the diary to them, Nick goes to investigate the ship. All the gauges are broken. Uh, then it goes back into the scene where he reads from the diary, uh, Malone's grandfather and Captain Blake had a deal. The deal was he was going to let them have a colony like one mile from their town. Okay, that was the original deal. April 21st, the grandfather, plus five others, the six, planned to kill Captain Blake and his crew and steal the gold to fund his church and township. This is this dude's great-grandfather. Back at the ship, one of the dead men, his body discovered with his eyes gouged out. The grandfather had set a false fire for the ship to follow. Remember the very beginning, the old man's telling the story of the ship that followed a campfire and it crashed upon the rocks. It was the great-grandfather. They set a fire and purposely led the ship astray for them to crash into the rocks. It's called off off a of Spivey Point. The fog bank helped with the plan. Uh, So then, Father uh, Malone calls the celebration a travesty. They're honoring murderers. My phone is really, really listening to me right now. This is not cool. Kathy, Father Malone, and Sandy... pinpoint. this app does not support the feature. Stop listening to me. Okay. Kathy, Father Malone, and Sandy pinpoint the time when things got weird. Uh, Malone says Antonio Bay has a curse on it. Kathy is dismissive. She doesn't believe it. All right. So then Stevie, the DJ, is at the station when the wooden piece of ship that she got from her son, it begins to bleed water. And then the tape tape recorder next to it plays a message. And then the wooden piece says six must die before it catches fire. Stevie puts out the fire. The driftwood is perfect there's nothing there's no damage to the the wood okay stevie calls her son about where she where he got the piece of wood from he said it was a it, it was at first a gold coin then it turned into a piece of wood so then the coroner takes the body from the ship and his lungs are filled with water and algae so as nick and the coroner are talking they leave elizabeth in the room with the dead body the dead body then gets up, grabs the scalpel, and then walks towards Elizabeth before falling down in front of her. And then it, as it fell down, it, scra- it scribbled the number three into the floor with the scalpel. Kathy's husband is still missing. So then Stevie talks to Nick. She tells him about the driftwood as the fog moves in. The fog surrounds the weather station. Stevie tells Dan, the weather guy, hey. The, the fog is glowing. There's lights it glowing from the fog. The power then goes out at the station. Dan the weatherman goes to check while Stevie's on the phone. So Stevie's on the phone like no don't open the door. Get away. There's something in the fog. So Dan's like eh it's nothing. So there's a knock at the door. And so then he opens the door. There's nothing there. He turns around and then he gets grabbed up. <laughs> out the fog. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, so then during the town commencement, Stevie asks for the sheriff, uh, but the phone lines are then disrupted by the fog. So now the fog is moving into town, about to finish everybody off. The fog shows up at Stevie's house where her son and Mrs. Colbert's, the babysitter, are, are located. Stevie frantically is pleading to anyone over the airwaves that that's listening to go to the house to go get her son because she says her son's in danger. Alright, so the house is surrounded by the fog. And then the lights are, you know, flickering in the fog. Alright, and then the music is playing. So this is not helping the situation. Alright, there's a knock at the door. And then Nick and Elizabeth hear this on the radio. And they make their way towards the house. Mrs. Colbert sends Andy to his room. And then there's a knock at the door again. Now mind you, they're knocking with the hook in their hands. Okay, so Mrs. Colbert opens the door soon as Andy goes into his room, she's dragged out the... (laughs) She's dragged out the fucking door. (laughs) They drag her ass out the door. Right? Okay, so then... So wait, 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 wait. And... Okay, so then Andy locks the door in his room. The fog starts coming in underneath the crack of the door in the and the, the crack of his of his into his room and then it starts knocking on his door and of course Andy the little boy's like who's there Mrs. Cole Brits <laughs> so then the hook punches through the door so the dead sailors is breaking breaking the door down to get to Andy here comes Nick he elbows the window to his room pulls the boy out as the dead sailor walks into the room and, dis- and 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 takes a swipe at Andy. Holy shit. Now, mind you, I'm six years old, five years old watching this shit. Scared as, it's, scared as fuck. Okay. It's late night. The Like I said, if, if you're a little kid watching this, this is scary. Okay. Okay. okay, 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 okay. So then. So then they get to the truck. The fog surrounds the truck. Elizabeth is trying to put the truck into gear. But the fog is keeping the truck in place. So, as the figures move towards the truck and surround the truck, Nick's like, Come on, get us, let's go. And she's struggling to put the thing in gear. (laughs) And then they get up on the truck, and then she finally hits reverse and she guns it, she guns it in reverse. (laughs) And then, okay, so, so then Stevie announces on the airwaves the fog is coming into town. Avoid this part of town Avoid that part of town So what the, the fog is doing Is forcing everybody to go to the church Okay, it's, for, it's cutting off Escape routes And it's forcing everybody into one central location The church So she's, she tells everybody Get to the church Get to the church Okay So then the group All meet up at the church Okay And they start deducing Who are the six Who are the offspring of the six so the three dead sailors, they were, they were three offsprings that leaves three. And then who was the the uh Mrs. Mrs. Colbritz was number four, and Dan the weatherman was number five. That leaves Father Malone number six. He's he's the last man standing. Alright. So then the, the, the fog surrounds the church. The church is being broken into as Kathy and Father Blake. Uh, retrieve the golden cross. The golden cross, it's a a huge cross made of gold. It was, uh, as they read further into the diary, they discovered it's in the walls of the church. The dead sailors chase Stevie through the, so part of the fog breaks off, and it goes to the lighthouse to go get Stevie. Okay? Not that she was part of the six, but they're pissed off spirits. They're about to kill everybody. Okay? So then Father Malone Brings the golden cross out to Captain Blake, so he goes onto the pew, and you see the four sailors in the back. You see Captain Blake in the front, and they got these piercing red eyes. They're all pretty much in black, shadowy figures. Only thing you see is their fucking red eyes. My God, I'm telling you, as a kid, this is a scary, scary scene. So then Stevie, fighting for her life, she climbs to the top on the top of the of the, of the lighthouse. Father Malone then offers Captain Blake the gold cross and his life. He says, "Take me," because he knows what he has—he has to atone for his grand, his great grandfather's sin. So he's ready to, to, you know, to get whacked for it. Stevie is then stabbed in the shoulder with the hook. Blake takes hold of the gold, and then the gold heats up and turns bright and starts to heat up. All right. So then, right before Stevie gets the killing blow. The sailors disappear. It leaves Nick, Elizabeth, Sandy, Kathy, Andy, Steve, and Father Malone alive. The fog then retreats back into the ocean. Stevie goes on air about the fog and warns ships at the sea. She says, if you see the fog, avoid the fog. Be careful of the fog. So then Father Malone's like, well, why not me? Why not me? Everybody leaves the church. So was just Father Malone by himself. Then the fog comes back. Starts seeping in, 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 underneath the door sill, right? And the lights are flickering. He goes back. Father Malone goes back out to the pew. And there's four sailors standing right in front of him. Right? As Father Malone turns his head, Captain Blake is behind him mid-swing with his sword. And as soon as Father Blake turns around, he decapitates him. Oh, with the piercing red eyes. Oh, I'm telling you as a kid, this was horrifying. This was a horrifying movie as a kid to me. (laughs) And the fact that you're killing people on church church grounds. (laughs) This was a horrifying movie to me as a kid. Like even to this day, I can't watch that movie like at 2, 3 in the morning because of the eyes man the eyes of the the dead sailors so that was (laughs) that was the fog 1980 (laughs) john carpenter (laughs) all right all right all right um okay okay that was that that was that i didn't know this was based off a true story those two those two stories Um, okay, my next breakdown, I'm going to save Ultraviolet for last, because there's a lot of things in Ultraviolet going on. So let's get into the series Evil, particularly episode 11 called Room 320. Wait, let's see, uh, yeah, yo, listen. Like I said, I'm I'm grown, but this this movie, you know, it resonates with me because it, it uh, let's <laughs> see. I have a feeling <laughs> right now, I mean, it was the tweet got quiet? <laughs> Yo, Black Breeze, I did Prince of Darkness already. I broke that down, uh, oof, maybe s- a year ago, six months ago. Might have been closer to a year ago. Yeah, I I, I I already did that. Um, so okay, let us get into Room Three Twenty. Why is this episode kind of important? Because now with the uh, revelations of how you know people of color are have been always mistreated by the medical society for the most part, and you know this there's this myth. That black people have a higher tolerance for pain. Don't know where that came from. And then uh, also the the sad part is a lot of your medical advances came at the, the behest of a lot of black patients. Unfortunately, a lot of them were not uh, didn't have anesthesia. So uh, especially a lot of your, uh, your 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 women discoveries. Uh, a lot of women, you know, went under underwent a lot of cruel punishment punishing torturous uh, medical procedures um, so yeah the the medical industry we kind of know it's 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 not the best for black people and then the Tuskegee experiment and all other experiments so this kind of episode kind of resonates with me because especially now it's dealing with black men so if you watch this series I mean it's a cool series but this particular episode um, so in episode 10. David got stabbed and mugged by Ghana. So Ghana's like this guy they've been tracking. Now in this particular episode, I don't care about Ben. I don't care about Kristen. I don't care about Judy. I only care about David, Harlan, and Nurse Block. AKA Nurse Plague. Okay? So. David got stabbed up. He's in the hospital. Ben and Kristen go to see Judy. All right. David awakens. He meets Father Douglas. He tells David if he needs anything to turn a crucifix down. He gives him a crucifix face up. He says if anything goes wrong, turn it down. That way he'll know something's wrong. Okay. Harlan, another black man, is in the bed next to him. He's a double amputee. He's a double amputee. Harlan then wakes up one night to a bad dream. He tells David to not call the nurse. They call her Nurse Plague. Harlan says most black patients die from accidents, not random. She then collects their wristbands as trophies. He tells David to not say anything. Nurse Plague walks in and she gives David an epidural for his pain. The next night, um, so then, oh no, no, before that, uh, Harlan tells David uh, Nurse Block uh, wrote his pain level at a two when she asked him, he said his pain level was at a nine. She does that to control their pain meds and keeps them drugged up to keep quiet. Okay, so what she'll ask him, what's his pain level? He'll say nine. She'll write a two on his chart. All right. Nurse Block then questions Harlan. She then asks David, what's his pain level? And she then injects him with morphine into his IV. And then he goes into off into this euphoric state. So he's high as a kite right now. So then he meets like this Asian, I want to say guardian angel. This female Asian guardian angel. He questions if God is with him. She says, yes, he's with him. He's everywhere. Okay? She then says, do you remember Eulin's triangle? She also tells him to remember Matthew 13, verse 25. Uh, so Matthew 13 tells us... Wait a minute. Give me a moment. Verse 25. Okay, so... Matthew 13, verse 25. But while men slept, they ought to have watched. The Lord of the field sleepeth not. His enemy came and sowed Darnell. This is very like wheat and commonly grows among wheat rather than among other grain. So it's like a weed. Okay. But tares or vetches are of the pulse kind and bear no resemblance to wheat. So basically if we put you know some spin to this um don't sleep while tending to your garden because while you sleep somebody will come plant weeds into your wheat so what this reminded me of who remembers andy panda okay andy panda andy panda had a flower right and he loved this little flower it was a little female flower and every time Andy Panda would turn his back or go off to do something this weed would come to the flower and try to choke it to death does anybody remember this Andy Panda <laughs> so then every and then Andy Panda would come back and see this weed strangling his flower and he would have to chase the weed off, from killing his flower. So, and, and, and as the episode progressed, what whenever Andy couldn't tend to the flower or watch the flower, you know, spot on, the weed would show up and come to choke the and the he's and the weed is strangling the the flower and the flower is like, <laughs> I mean, it's a very violent cartoon episode I cannot be the only one that remembers this please tell me I'm not the only old head that remembers that episode I'm sure it's on YouTube all right so then (laughs) at one point Andy tried to run the weed over with a lawnmower I think he tried to kill it with fire I forget how the episode ended but eventually he dealt with the weed all right so this parable or this this verse that's kind of reminded me of the Andy Panda episode like nobody remembers this i'm disappointed like if you ever see that episode the weed was extremely extremely violent and the way he was strangling the flower you know what i'm saying like this is not like someone was really trying to convey some real messages <laughs> All right, so let's get back into that. But so, um, so as she tells him to remember Matthew 13, verse 25, she's then stabbed in the back by some demon orderly. And the best way I can describe that is if you watch the movie Silent Hill, those nurses with the with no faces, the, the demonic nurses pretty much like this here. So she's stabbed in the back by one of these Demonic nurse orderlies and then watches nurse blocks mother Harlan with, to death with a pillow. She then takes Harlan's wristband. she cuts it off of him. She then injects more morphine into David's IV. The next morning, um, Harlan is reading the newspaper and has both of his legs. So then Harlan tells David to request oral medication. Harlan tells David to pull out his IV. He needs to control his world through the oral meds and not the IV. Because through the IV, Nurse Block controls, you know, his world. Through the oral meds, he can control his world, okay? And have, and and someone have a chance to fight back against Nurse Block, okay? So then Harlan tells David everything is real, David then requests oral meds. He rips out his IV. Nurse Block comes in. He says, Hey, I, I would like oral meds. Nurse Block then tapes another IV into David's arm. Right? So then Detective Judy, or the two detectives, Judy, Kristen, and Ben come to the come back to the hospital. They request to see David. They check up on him. Uh So before they can go see him She goes into the room first And she asks She asks him How's your pain? He says it's a two She then hits him With another morphine shot Right before they walk into the room So then now they're asking David questions Hey Do you remember Was this the guy that stabbed you? And he's so out of it He's just drooling He's babbling He can't even He's not coherent at all Alright right. so then in his mind, you know how it is in the movies when you're drugged up. But then in, in, the, in their mind, they're like, hey, I can talk. This is what's going on. Help. OK, but then in reality, he's just like. Urgh. So in his mind, he's telling them, yeah, help me. Uh, that was him that stabbed me. Uh, this nurse is trying to kill me. Help. But then in reality, he, he can't utter a word. So they're just like, yeah, he's out of it. We can't help him. OK, so then they leave. And after they leave, Nurse Block comes back and hits him again with another morphine shot. God damn. Alright, so then <laughs> while he's being while he's passing out, he attempts to turn over his crucifix that the earlier priest gave him, but it falls to the floor because he's so incoherent and his motor sensory functions are just shot to shit. Okay. The next night. They see a black man being dragged in his hospital bed off by the demon orderlies. They ask about what about this one pointing to David. One of the demons says no his skin is too tough. So then they take Harlan instead. Followed by Father Douglas. So at this point we're like is he really hallucinating or is this shit is really happening to him. We don't know. So then Father Douglas says, before he leaves the room, he says, Sick people are afraid of the cure. And then Harlan is dragged, screaming off, saying, They're going to sacrifice me. They're going to sacrifice me. And then the Asian uh, angel nurse appears again. She tells him uh, to wait for the next day, for noon. And then a new nurse comes in. When the new nurse comes in, take out the IV. And then request oral medication. Okay. She tells him everything isn't real. And to once again remember Matthew 13 verse 25. The next day David looks up. Matthew 13 verse 25. It's now noon. He rips out his IV. Nurse Piper comes in. And he requests oral medication. And he 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 requests his cell phone. She goes to get his cell phone. She's like, "Yeah, I'll get you some oral meds. What's your pain?" He says, "It's at two. She said, "Okay, that that won't be a problem." So then Nurse Block comes in, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, what's going on?" And she was like, "Ah, I'm gonna get him some oral medication." So then Nurse Block says, "Oh, it's okay. I got it. Go to break." So Nurse Block sends Nurse Piper to on on a break. And so then (laughs) Nurse Block comes in. and She's like, you know, you have an infection because you keep ripping these IVs out. And then, of course, the camera is panning to Nurse Block's face. So she's like right up on the camera. And, you know, it. (laughs) so then she double tapes another IV to his to his uh, to his arm and then puts his hands in these padded mitts, you know, in the same way you, you do your baby. To prevent them from scratching themselves You put the socks over their hands Same thing <laughs> And then she double tapes The mitts on his <laughs> hands <laughs> Okay 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 So then she leaves So then David attempt, attempts to wake Harlan But then it's revealed It's an old white woman in his bed So Harlan is dead That He's dead dead That That took place He's dead David then throws himself out out of the bed onto the floor. He then crawls to his pants pocket, pulls out his phone, right? <laughs> and then another another patient in a wheelchair was driving by and sees David on the floor and she says, "Hey, this guy needs help. You know, get the nurse. He needs help." She didn't know, all right? So then David David is able to to voice call Kristen. Nurse Block then comes back in. Kristen calls and she she ends the call. Kristen calls back. But then Nurse Block takes his phone. So then David, in in a sign of defeat, he rolls over onto his back into a crucifix position. So he's laid out in a crucifix position with a blood trail behind him. Okay. So then Kristen... Um, Tells Ben and Judy hey I'm going back to the hospital because David just called me saying he needed some help. So she runs she races to the hospital she she goes to David's room and of course David is literally um, I forget the term I forget the term catatonic. Okay David is literally catatonic looking straight up and she fakes like he handed her a note. Right? So then she walks out the room, Nurse Block follows Kristen. They get to the elevator and she says, "What, you know, what why are you following me?" And Nurse Block says, "Well, you know, David is my patient. He gave you a note. I need to know what it is because, you know, I'm I'm responsible for his care." And she says, "You know, you following me?" Told me everything I needed to know, and then she shows her the note, and it was just scribble, scrabble on it. So then Nurse Block leaves. Kristen calls Kurt, and then Kurt calls Doctor Boggs, which is David's personal physician. Okay. And so then Doctor Boggs comes in to look at David. He's clearly over, clearly overmedicated. Um, they all go looking for Nurse Block. She's nowhere to be found. They then open her locker to find all of the wristbands from all the dead black male patients, including Harlan's wristband. So then over a course of a few days, David comes back to his senses. Um, He's able to talk and he's functioning. And then he hands her the Bible verse of Matthew 13, verse 25. Yeah, that was, uh, (laughs) that was, uh, Evil, episode 11, called Room 320. Oh, and then they caught, um, the Ghana guy that stabbed David. It was this other subplot where Ben used virtual reality to locate Ghana's, um, whereabouts because Ghana liked to go online and play as a haunted girl, so... Ben had to disguise himself as a girl avatar to get Ghana to let him into his room to to, to triangulate his position in the window to to, to to find him. Okay, so that was a subplot I didn't care about. Now the final breakdown for tonight, and I picked this movie because I remember a lot of things from this movie that we're seeing right fucking now. It is so eerie. But then it's not eerie because this is what they do. Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. Mila Jovovich. 2006. Alright. Yo, Brielle. What's, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Alright, alright, alright. Sean, I see you. All the nurse bashing. Listen. If you think... Okay, I'm going to go off topic just for a, a, a hot minute. You, you guys do know that nurses are considered one of the worst professions for men to choose women from, right? Like, y'all do understand, like, there's a list of professions that women engage in, that work in, that men are told to avoid, so men are told to avoid women that are nurses, attorneys, military, and there's like seven more types of women that are that 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 men are told to avoid for all sorts of issues when it comes to dating and mating and possible marriage. So if you think I'm bashing nurses Go down the street to them niggas down there. And they'll tell you why you shouldn't date a nurse. Okay. <laughs> y'all y'all didn't know about this? Y'all really didn't know about this? Like this. It's an actual list of women to avoid that work in certain professions. Yeah. That's that's a real thing. So if you're a nurse. If you're a nurse or you're former military. Or you're an attorney. Um, men are told to avoid you. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, (laughs) wait, 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 he went, he said the first scene with dudes and the rolling balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that, yes, we're going to get into, we're going to get into it. A lot of things in this movie that are happening right now. So you like to live on the edge. Uh, yeah, I'm hard headed to a certain extent. Yes, I am. Oh, look, everybody. Look who decided to come out and play. Where's she at? All right. Hose would be on top on the top this. Yeah. Um, also, of course, um, strippers is on that list. You know what? Let me see if I can find this list for y'all. I'm just... I'm. I know Jack did the list. I know that Sweet Boy did the list. Um. Women. I know I'm off on a tangent right now. Women professions to avoid for dating. Hmm okay let me see let me see what they say okay this is for men i need women i need women wait 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 hold up hold up hold up wait it's a a real list of no girl it's it's a real it's a real list and yes, man cave boys too. So it's a it's a perfect storm. It is a perfect storm. See, yeah, definitely you do not. I I made that mistake. This the the, the motherfucker I, I spazzed about. That bitch was former military and a nurse. No, no, no she was an LPN. Right? Listen, let's let's be honest. You nurses, you guys have a hierarchy. Y'all know RNs look down upon LPNs and LPNs look down upon CPNs. Everybody looks at CPNs as like ass wipers. Let's be honest. I, okay, I did it enough of y'all to know that everybody pretty much looks at CPNs as ass wipers. And then, and like I said, yes, RNs look at LPNs like, Ah, bitch, you ain't a real nurse. You play nurse. <laughs> Stop me if I'm wrong. Stop me if I'm wrong yeah, women to avoid. I need to see that list. I'm t- it, it. It's it's an. The problem is, you know, you know who has this list? It's them niggas on the street. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jap, Jap made a list. Uh, one day I'll I'll, I'll look for it and and do a a show about it. But yeah. All right, let's get into uh, ultraviolet. Wait, my mom is cool though; she's an RN. Okay, so y'all gonna act like RNs don't look down upon CPNs and LPNs? Well, wait, wait, wait. Let, let come. There's more than enough nurses in this chat right now. Y'all gonna sit here and tell me? Y'all don't look down upon LPNs and, and CPAs or CPNs. See, so y'all don't y'all don't look down upon them. So, y- y'all respect LPNs on your level. Y- y'all respect C- C- CPNs on, on your level. Seriously. I just want an an honest answer. You going to break down the capital? Nah, nah, no. Listen, YouTube is removing everything about that capital shit. I'm not going to touch that. I'm cool. I like to keep my channel. No thank you. That has nothing to do with black folk. Black folk, sit your ass down. Eat your popcorn. Uh, See, thank you, Flossie. That's the first honest answer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear. So I I got one honest answer. Don't. Yeah, pay me all the mind. Pay me all the damn mind. Anywho. Ultraviolet. So. Not down, just different. What the fuck does that mean? That means you look down. Quit playing. You give you give a CPN the re- same respect you would give a fellow RN. Quit playing with me. You give an LPN the same respect you would a fellow RN. Really, 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 really. Okay. Okay. All right. She being PC right now. She don't want to say what it really is. That's okay. I, I've seen. Listen, I've I dealt with enough of y'all to know y'all are uh, a majority of RNs are very snobbish towards the 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 latter the underlings. See, here I go with the bullshit. I'm talking about no and hell no. Nah. Yes, lies. Sandman Reds See now See now Listen See here we go I thought you didn't need YouTube Nigga I don't need YouTube But nigga I like This I like doing YouTube So since you want to be a bitch ass nigga Let me get you the fuck up off my channel Blocked Now Who's next Okay Wait, no one said you about hiring LPNs. I said giving them the same respect as an uh, as a fellow RN. Now you, now you, 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 you are you you sleepy as fuck because you you taking my, what the fuck I said out of context, or you just not listening to what the fuck I'm saying tonight. So maybe you need to go sit your ass down somewhere. Like, don't don't try and defend. Uh, uh, I don't want to get She gonna piss me off Go sit down Necessary evil Go sit your ass down In the corner somewhere Cause you about to Piss me off Fuck Yeah Like Like we And ain't no Like it's not a well known secret RNs don't look down upon LPNs and CPNs Like I don't know What the fuck I'm talking about Like seriously right now Dumb shit Alright Let's get into my 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 breakdown Hold up. Let me check my messages. Okay. All right. The opening scene. We have a... (laughs) We have a... A squad... Breaking into the arch Ministry's blood bank. Okay. Uh, they break in and then they're ambushed and killed. So yeah, they drop off in these balls. So like they when they crash into the windows, the balls kind of like dissipate and... Oh, here we go. Thank you. Thank you. CNAs are considered the bottom feeders. LPNs are considered the ones who didn't... Fa- Girl, thank you for the second most honest answer for tonight. I appreciate, that's what I'm saying. I, honesty. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I done heard CP, CNA's referred called ass wipers. It, that's like, oh yeah, that's all you do is wipe ass. That's 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 like the known thing. Jeez. Thank you. Okay. So then the, the 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 squadron they're ambushed and killed. The culprits are called hemophages. Okay? Hemophages are a is a person infected with a virus. And they have symptoms of vampirism. They have superhuman speed, strength, agility. But the condition is fatal. The hemophages also use flat space technology and pocket dimensions. So flat space is for the swords. Right? So they can, it's like it's basically folding a sword straight in. So when you're ready to use a sword, it just pulls right out. Okay, the pocket dimensions are like this big and it's it's like I'm trying to explain like in space time and theories and shit like pocket dimensions. So imagine a little bit of universe in your pocket and you can fill this dimension with whatever the fuck you want to fill it up with cars, weapons, an unlimited amount of anything. So they call pocket dimensions and this is what they use to carry stuff. So instead of tactical armor and gear and, you know, magazine belts and all this bags and shit, you, it's these little pocket dimensions and you just fill the shit up. Just fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. Okay. Do you understand? All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So then the virus. So listen to this. Okay. A weapons lab discovered an obscure virus. They tried to modify it. To create super soldiers. But accidentally created a strain. Called HGV. HGV. Is what. People catch. And turn them into hemophages. A.K.A. vampires. The virus got out. Into the public. The people. Are wearing. Masks. The virus got out. People. Are wearing masks. So then the victim. The government says. The victims were required. To wear armbands. Then were rounded up. Into concentration camps. Our main character Violet. Played by Mila Jovovich. She was pregnant. When she contracted the virus. And then lost her baby. She was in a concentration camp. She broke out. She joined an underground resistance. And then the blood wars began. So you had the blood wars. You had humans. Versus the hemophages. Okay. Vice Cardinal Daxus. Along with the latter day defense. Over the last 10 years. Has nearly wiped out the hemophages. Daxus has a new weapon. That can locate and wipe out. The remaining hemophages. Daxus is wearing a nose filter. It's a mask, but it's an, it goes into his nose. Okay. The Arch Ministry building is in the shape of a biohazard symbol. So you know you see the biohazard symbol with the three Cs, two in the two at the top, one in the bottom. The biohazard symbol. Okay. All right. Okay. Violet disguises herself as a courier. She breaks into the arts ministry. She enters the building. So she's given a retinal scan to to detect contacts or dyes. She's given a metabolic sensing to know if her metabolism is within human range. Her pulse and respiration are then checked to make sure she's human. Her eyes are being poked while her wrists are slit to draw blood, she passes the test. Her drawn blood then fills the biohazard symbol that's etched into, into the floor. So there's a shot from up, up above. And you see all the blood that drank that they took from her as it fills up the biohazard symbol on the ground. Okay. It's just like in Blade. When they took Blade's blood to fill the imi- the, the, the grooves in the image. Same thing here. Okay. Violet then walks through an ultraviolet filter. Her clothes have been sterilized. One of the workers is wearing a face shield mask. He's wearing a face shield mask. So just like these goofballs you see with the face shield mask, <laughs> this motherfucker. This is two thousand six. 2006. Okay. (laughs) Violet is then given a briefcase. She has to sign it in blood. The doctor then asks Violet. What is her condition. Before releasing the briefcase to her. While this is going on. The real courier shows up. So she's been playing imposter. Alright. The real courier shows up. Violet then fights her way out of the facility with the briefcase. Also, the the technique they use to hide the swords is called hammer space. Okay? It's called hammer space. You can either mount it on your shoulder or mount it on your wrist. So every time she pulls her sword out, her hammer space is mounted in her wrist. Okay? Alright. Violet is in the final stages of her condition. Her condition is terminal. She's dying. She's in the final stages she then injects herself with more blood to stabilize her condition okay she then activates the pocket dimensions and arms herself with her guns so as she's walking out the building she's about to get ready she's about to get ready to get into a gunfight so then she opens up her pocket dimensions and then the guns draw and draw themselves out so as she's walking with her guns, you see the bullets start to load themselves into the gun okay it's a cool little scene all right So then during the chase, she uses a leveler device. She's able to ride a motorcycle on the side of the building. This is where it gets stupid, but there's a device where she uses, she can, she can kind of circumvent gravity. So she's riding a motorcycle inside the building. They're trying to shoot her, blah, 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 Chase scene. Okay. She then makes it back to the hemophage stronghold. Okay. I think his name is Neville or Nova. Neville or Nova. I forget the head hemophage. He scolds Violet. He told her to destroy the briefcase. She brought it to him anyway. Violet then opens the briefcase against orders. And there's a little boy inside the briefcase floating in water. Okay. In this particular scene, Neville's wearing white. Violet's wearing black. So throughout this movie, Violet hair turns different colors. Her outfit turns different colors depending on the situation. Okay, so if it's a if it's a war situation, her outfit would turn red, or she she's at one point she's bleeding from her hands, and it got into her suit, and her suit changed to the color of her blood. Uh, One particular scene at the very end, when she becomes like the the savior figure, she's wearing all white. Okay, so every mood or scene set, the color matches. All right, okay. There's a little boy floating inside. Uh, Nova, that's his name, Nova. Uh, Violet tells Nova what's in the briefcase. She says it's a child. Nova says it's a weapon. Its blood contains an antigen that can destroy the remaining hemophages. They want to atomize his tissue and use it like an insecticide. So basically, they will break his chemical composition down put it into a spray form, spray it in the air to infect everybody or the remaining hemophages. So we think. Okay, so we think. There's a plot twist to this at the very end. Violet wants to find a decelerating agent to save the boy because she's in mommy mode because she lost a child. So she's like, it's a child. He's like, it's not a child. It's a weapon. So this whole thing, the mommy thing kicks in. So then she takes the boy. She snatches the boy up. Uh She then goes to the top floor. She then asks the Blood to noise the Asians, for safe passage. They refuse. A gunfight ensues. Basically they all she dodges all the bullets. They kill themselves because they shoot themselves because she she moves so fast. Blah 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 blah. It's it's silly, but it's it's you know, it's a movie, whatever. The boy stands on the ledge contemplating suicide. She snatches him off the ledge. Daxis makes an offer to Violet for the boy. Okay. Yes. Yes. Trey Five. Yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yes. Her body was a movie. Thank you. Yes. Indeed. 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 Okay. So they escape to the subway. They're on a subway train. She's sitting down. The little boy is messing with the man. He's sleeping. He's wearing a mask. The old man sleeping on the train wearing a mask. The boy tells Violet his name is Six. Daxis encounters Nova and the other hemophages. Daxis makes a deal with Nova. Six can tell that Violet is dying It's revealed that Six's blood is radioactive And he has a tracking device in him The doctor Garth He gives Violet a blood transfusion Violet takes Six To go get food She tells him Hey, put your mask up Because everybody around them Is wearing a mask. Violet then gives Six her bracelet. It's a credit card. She says hey go get yourself something to eat. So then her plan was to abandon the boy. So as she's walking away. He says goodbye Violet. She takes the credit card. He walks off in the other direction. She then has a change of heart. The soldiers show up. They shoot the wrong boy. They thought it was six. So then as Violet finds six, Nova and the other hemophages snatch six up. They kidnap him. Okay? Uh, did then they have a black chick with hands for her feet. Nah no, there was there was no uh there was no black woman in this movie. There was no black woman in this movie. But I think I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, So. Here's the twist. So Violet takes uh, Six down to a church. Uh, Okay. So Violet tracks him down. Nova is holding him in church. It's revealed that Six has a human antigen in his blood. It's enough To kill every human. On the planet. So while hanging up. Strung up. By by the rope. Six takes off. One of his shoes. Now if you follow me long enough. You know what that means when. There's one shoe on. And one shoe off. Okay. Violet then kills Nova. Nova. She saves six. Violet calls Daxis. Daxis tells Violet that six is his clone. He's number six out of eight. Daxis wants six brought to him. So Daxis wants to atomize six, spray the earth. To infect all humans So that they will have to come To him every day For the cure It's his way To keep order In society 2006 so Let's continue shall we so then Violet takes Six to the park. Six passes out. He dies from the radioactivity in his blood. Daxis takes Six's body. He shoots Violet. Violet's left for dead. I didn't understand that. I wasn't even talking to you. So then Garth intercepts Violet's body. He saves her. Garth tells Violet she's on TV. Violet then has a vision on how to save Six. Violet breaks back into the Arch Ministry. She believes Six is not dead. Garth tells Violet Six wrote down the chemical composition of h G V. Daxis plans to recultivate the antigen found in Six to put him into another clone. Before Daxis can cut open Six, Violet shows up. The guards that guard the building are wearing those world, world War II masks, right? With the the the, the, the 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 glass with the hose into the ventilator. They're wearing those type of masks With guns That's dead out of the World War II The images of the Nazis That's a dead on image But whatever <laughs> The door entrances are shaped In the shape of crosses So every door entrance Every time she walks in the door it's in, it's in the shape of a cross Okay Violet confronts Dax's Daxis reveals to Violet that he's the first hemophage. He's the original. He was the lab worker that discovered the virus. He was the first one infected with the hemophage uh, virus. Daxis and then Violet engage in a, a fire sword fight. She then sets him on fire, splits him in half. Violet then takes Six's body. She then cries and her tears revive Six. So her blood was his, um, was his cure. Okay. So then Six tells Violet, there's a cure for HDV." They then drive off together. As the arch ministry burns down, the entire building is in the shape of a cross. Hey, <sighs> that was ultraviolet 2006. 2006. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any questions? Any questions? Oh, yo, Eon Flux, the, the, the anime was dope. That movie was not so much. That movie was not so much. Uh... A lot of hybrids and clones. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember watch. I remember because I worked um, a promotional campaign for this movie when it first when it came out. Because I was working, I was managing a movie theater at the time, and of course it got trashed in the uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it made a de- decent amount of money. They had planned a, a, a sequel for this. I know they did a comic series after this, but um, I mean the color scheme of this movie. Very bright colors. Uh they had the airbrushed look for so all the close up shots, it had the airbrushed look. That's why it looked really creepy, but it looked really good. So away she go really quiet on this one. <laughs> Yo, this movie was crazy, right? I, I totally forgot half like half this I just remember the mask and I remembered some something about the blood. But all the other shit I was like oh oh you know? Two thousand six, y'all. So you know, it is what it is. But hey, I'ma get out of here. Um I'm hoping to get the guys together tomorrow night. So um I'm just trying to crank out content as, as I as I get the time. So um the child actor was horrible in in that movie. And you know what I noticed? And I know I'm being picky, but he bites his fingernails. Not in the movie, but you can tell he bites his fingernails. I mean, his fingernails are like really almost down to the group. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ugh, he he bites his fingernails. You just know he bites his fingernails. That was just like, ugh. You know what I mean? Um, Karmic Deck. Let me see. They tell you what they find. And if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I try. I try. Um, okay. So let me see who's been paying attention. Hurricane Baby G's asks, I don't think I've been following that long. What does it mean to die with one shoe on? And I'm going to let y'all fill in the blanks for that. Um, You know what? I guess I'll look into Eon Flux. I guess I'll look into it. I'll I'll look into it. Check out the movie. The Equals Brothers. Kind of crazy. Vaccine Cures. Uh, I mean. I mean. I hear you. Like. Here's the thing. Like. I get. I get. I get. Tons and tons of requests. And. I mean. I get it. Like. If I do. If if I break down one movie about. Vaccines. I don't need to break down. Ten more like it. You understand? Like. You know, it's like, why would I revisit that topic three, or four more times? Kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? So, um, like I said, my, I have a laundry list of movies. I haven't even touched uh, on my list yet. I'm just, and I, I'll never catch up. I'll never run out of stuff to break down. Because, like I said, people don't understand how much time it goes into for me to, to break this shit down. So, I mean, I, like I said, I do what I can, but... Um. Yeah. 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 Yo, the gas mask. It's it's crazy when you when you see the the guard at the top of the building. I mean, it's a spot on image from World War Two. It's the actual gas mask. You know, the same type they would use in the coal mine, like back in the eighties. You know, with the rebreathers on the side of on the on the hip. It's the same fucking mask, man. Like you you look at that mask and it, it gives you an instant reaction. Like you instantly think, okay, this is not good. This is not good, you know. See, <laughs> I don't want. It. <laughs> hey, keep it tight. You be like, hey, bro, can you, uh, can you, can you break down these ten right here? <laughs> I appreciate it though, bro. If I run out, I'm, I'm hitting you up for sure. You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's all good, London. Um, the super chat. On this channel, I haven't had it for a year. It's on the backup, but... Like I said, um... Oh, shit. You know what? My bad. I didn't even put the fucking, um... There. If you want to donate, there you go. I don't even know why I didn't I didn't put that. So, it's, it's no big deal. I don't do this for money, per se. So, you're not gonna ever... Listen, I'm not that... I'm not that guy. You're not ever gonna hear me say, Hey, you know, I need y'all to donate. I don't do I don't even care about the likes I'm I'm not like that so I mean I know just anybody else but my life does not revolve around likes and how much money I can make every night during a live stream so um, have I done Jacob's Ladder I think I have but you know I mean at that point at this point everyone should know what Jacob's Ladder is about so um, I'm gonna get out of here I'm gonna end this I thank all y'all for hanging out, love and light, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow night with the fellas, and we'll really get into this whole, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll just say this, um, and in prelude to tomorrow's tomorrow night show, uh, Anthony, Brian, Logan, uh, the Inquisitors have your back, bro, <laughs> y'all have a good one.